This is Rusty Tanton and Amber Ray, and you're listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network, the show focused on all things Atlanta and sometimes elsewhere. It's December 14th, and this is Amber and Rusty, and we're here with Jennifer Coulter, and we are here to talk about the Lingerie Football League, (laughs) which is starting a team in Atlanta. So tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, there's a whole backstory to it, which is pretty interesting. Uh, for those who don't know, the Lingerie Football League was started about six years ago um, out on the West Coast, and it was literally just exhibition games that the um, Horizon Productions started just to play during the Super Bowls, and they were aired via pay-per-view. Um, very light, um, you know, fun, no big deal, but it drew a huge, huge crowd, and people loved it because, you know, they didn't always want to see the halftime show. So um, as time went on, it was gaining more and more of viewership, media attention. It literally caught on like fire, wildfire. So they figured, why not start a league, a national league uh, across the country in all the major markets and let this thing fly? People were loving seeing these women playing football in their lingerie. Let's, you know, make it fly. And so the Lingerie Football League was born out of that. And it's literally beautiful women, models, um, actresses that wear lingerie and play full contact football. How many teams are there now? There's ten. Ten teams. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What cities off the top of your head? Oh yeah, uh, we've got Tampa. Well, there's an Eastern and Western mm-hmm. Conference. We have Tampa, Miami, Atlanta, New England, and Dallas for the Eastern Conference. And Western is Seattle, Chicago, San Diego, Phoenix, and LA. Okay. Um, what kind of venues do y'all play in? Uh, the same as if it were arena football or either uh, a professional team. There's like, for instance, we may uh, try to get into the Georgia Dome, Phillips Arena, mm-hmm. you know, places like that. Anywhere that houses a large crowd, we're looking for venues in the, the fifteen to twenty thousand mm-hmm. persons range. So you're really looking to draw a huge audience. And I, I was wondering what kind of, you know, what kind of crowds you were expecting because next season is, is the first real you're season, right. right? You're absolutely right. So yes. I mean. How many people are you thinking you're going to draw? I guess a lot if you're going for the Georgia Dome. Yeah, I mean, we're the numbers traditionally have been great. In L.A., they've brought in as many as 12,000 to a game. Mm-hmm. We're looking to exceed that. But, of course, this is brand new to our market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta is one of those cities that, mm-hmm. while it's progressive, Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of growth that needs to be take take place. That's, that's a, a good way. Yeah, that, is a good, <laughs> that's that is a good diplomatic. way to put it. Diplomatic. Very diplomatic way to put it. I'm a PR person, yeah. so you have to be diplomatic. <laughs> um, but you know, we're looking to, to to bring in those crowds, and ideally, mm-hmm. I would I would be happy if our first game brought in mm-hmm. five thousand people. Mm-hmm. We'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. But we're looking to grow that. But that's pretty much the numbers we're looking at to start. Are the, the rules, forgive me for not being too familiar mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. ahead of time, um, are the rules in laundry football different than, you know, say an NFL or a college game? I mean, like, how are there, are there less players in the field or anything like that? Actually, it is seven on seven, okay. just like I'd imagine. I'm not a big football mm-hmm. person, so I'm kind of going from what I've learned mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, but uh, it's seven on seven on mm-hmm. the field. However, the difference is with the Lingerie Football League, they're allowed to celebrate in the end zone, mm-hmm. as opposed to in the NFL, they get penalized for that. Mm-hmm. 
you will see the women in the lingerie football league hugging each other, high fiving, mm-hmm. shaking their booties, whatever it is. You know mm-hmm. that's going to draw you know the crowd's attention. Mm-hmm. So it's different in that respect, but the rules are the same. They play full tackle, full contact, mm-hmm. um, same amount of yards. You know they play on a one hundred yard mm-hmm. field. It's pretty similar. But are they going to get hurt? Because, I mean, they're playing in their lingerie. I mean, they don't have the padding and everything. I mean, if it's full contact, like, isn't it kind of dangerous? Yeah, it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, though, even though they're wearing lingerie, uh, they, you know, they're wearing... And when I say lingerie, just mm-hmm. for the people that are listening, I'm not talking about nightgowns and teddies mm-hmm. and garter right. belts. Mm-hmm. Well, they do wear garter belts. I take that back. But <laughs> not you know your nightgown mm-hmm. and things like that. They're wearing actually little boy shorts mm-hmm. and bras, bra tops. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they are wearing pads and cleats. They're wrapped. Um, they have helmets on. So take away you know the middle part of the uniform. Mm-hmm. They look like regular players for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is dangerous. They've had uh, girls out there that have had broken arms, um, broken ankles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I think that those incidences are far, few and far between. It sounds a little bit like roller derby in that respect, you know. Cause, yeah. You know, women who are in roller derby kind of get their asses kicked. I mean, they kick, <laughs> other, they kick other people's asses. I mean, and I don't know that people... You know, I don't know that your casual spectator or person who doesn't know anything about it really appreciates that mm-hmm. so you're having your tryouts on the 20th correct that's correct so number 20th what are you looking for in potential players well definitely we want girls who you know are beautiful and I'm what I'm doing is showing them our flyer and we have three girls on here that are on one of the teams um, they're very beautiful they're you know model type actresses Angie Everhart is on one of the teams mm-hmm. in, in the on the West Coast. Um, Adrienne Curry, who was mm-hmm. America's Next Top Model, she's on one of the teams. The Ollie Girls from Sunset Tan. Mm-hmm. So you know, to be forthright about it, there is a, a model type that they're looking for, if you mm-hmm. will. However, they really want women who are uh, athletically inclined. You know, they don't want the girl that's going to go out there and spin around and twirl her hair and doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) They really want young ladies who understand the game, Mm -hmm. who appreciate it, Mm -hmm. um, who will go out there and and go hard every single game, just like an NFL player would or a college player would. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess that legitimizes it, you know, to that extent, because they're really playing like, you know, their lives depend on it. Mm -hmm. It's their career. So how much interest have you had um, in people... You know, wanting to come for tryouts in Atlanta so far? It's been crazy. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, it's been crazy because I really want to draw a large crowd. So um, we are anticipating several hundred girls mm-hmm. coming out for the tryout. Uh, what's really cool about it is uh, we actually have a coach, a quote-unquote coach for the day, and uh, he's an ex-pro player. He played for the Dallas Cowboys um, and a few other teams in the NFL. Had a really good career. His name is Lamar Campbell. Um, so he's going to be out um, coaching and overseeing the tryout, uh, the agility tests. We have some volunteers that are coming to help out to throw passes and, um, you know, kind of help us gauge who, you know, has the edge, who doesn't know what the heck she's doing, you know, those type of, of, of young ladies. Um, but going back to your other question, too, um, we definitely want women who are going to be really outgoing. You know who are going going to engage mm-hmm. the fans and and be approachable. Mm-hmm. I think that is the main thing 
the athletic athleticism and being approachable. You know, these girls are going to be doing promotional events all over the country. We don't want women who aren't going to want to talk to the fans and mm-hmm. hug people and shake hands and kiss babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. We want people who are really down to earth and mm-hmm. fun girls who people can identify and, mm-hmm. you know, latch on to. So who's your target audience then? Um, well, it's growing. It's pretty diverse. Um, I would say at this point it's, it's the 21 to maybe 45-year-old, mm-hmm. mostly male because obviously, you know, these women are playing in lingerie, so most guys are going to, you know, fly, you know, draw their attention to that. Um, but also, we're looking for the young hip crowd, the people who actually would go to see a Falcons game or, um, you know, a 76ers game, who go to pro sports events, uh, people who love the nightlife and who like to party and hang out. Um, these are people who are professionals, um, people who like to travel, um, you know, pretty much just a, the crowd that you'll see on Friday nights and Saturday nights in the club who love to party, but also um, are career-oriented also, you know. Well, do you think, um, I'm going to try to think of the best way to phrase it. You might have noticed I have a stripper hole in my living room. I um, saw that in the corner of my eye. <laughs> I, sometimes I forget, I was just talking to somebody last night, and like sometimes I forget that I have a stripper hole in my Like, I don't forget, but... You know, somebody will come over, mm-hmm. and then it won't be till after they leave. Then mm-hmm. I'll realize, oh, I wonder what they thought about <laughs> that because it's not something you expect. Yeah. But so I'm a pole dancer. I've been doing it for a little over two years, and um, one thing that that I run into a lot as a pole dancer is assumptions, assumptions from men and assumptions from women. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really understand the ability that it takes, the strength it takes, the talent it takes. Yeah. Um, and women and men alike both kind of assume, oh, well, you're just a pole dancer, you're just going to swing around on the pole and shake your ass and then, you know, whatever. And then the guys, they want to get all weird and grabby about it. And I'm like, no, that's it's not really about you. But so I guess, like, where do, how do you... How do you see the balance of that working out? Because obviously you're looking for players who have athletic ability, have skill, know mm-hmm. what they're doing, aren't just out there, like you said, just twirling their hair. But at the same time, it seems like you're really targeting women who are conventionally attractive in a, a mainstream media kind of way. Um, so how do you see that balancing out? Because, I mean, it feels like a lot of the target audience might just be like, oh, hey, girls in their underwear, hey, that's awesome, but not really appreciating what they're actually doing. Yeah, you know what, that's a really great point you brought up because ever since I got involved with the LFL, it's been in the back of my mind, how do we brand this so that we're we're putting out something that's quality, that's fun, that's sexy, um, but also we're not dumbing it down either and we're not trying to dumb down our audience. Um, my goal is to convey these women as, yes, yeah, sexy, smart, outgoing, athletic, but also women who have the other side to them, very career-oriented, that are driven. Um, So I think the whole thing is how we, first of all, how we approach our audience, you know, the kinds of of venues that we go into. Um, The bottom line, the kind of girls that we choose. The good thing about it is we're not going to have a whole league of supermodels, video vixens, 
and actresses. We're coming out now, especially in markets like Atlanta, mm -hmm. Dallas is my next market mm -hmm. that we're going into, to find real girls. She, maybe she works at the mall, maybe she works at a law firm, maybe she's uh, a TV host, whatever, and this is the other side of what she does. We're looking for real women who people can identify with. That's what it boils down to. That's what makes these things exciting. Mm -hmm. Your brand, memorable, is when you can um, attach yourself to it as a as someone from the outside looking in. And so we don't want to put something out there like these are untouchable women. This, this is, um, these women are in a bubble and people can't relate to them. We want women who maybe you went to college with her, you know, maybe she sits next to you in, in chem class or whatever the case may be. You know, that's, that's how we're approaching it. We're finding real girls out in these markets who have real lives, who aren't living in Hollyweird and living, you know, in a, in a bubble. So that's pretty much, you know, the, the, aspect I'm starting on. And the, the thing is that I, I've been going back and forth on is that, I mean, you said yourself you're looking for women who are beautiful mm -hmm. and from the flyers they do all look to be very sort of conventionally attractive and it's, it's a hard thing to talk about to me because I know how it feels to be judged for pole dancing or being, you know, someone who isn't ashamed of talking about sex or whatever, and, but I and I also don't think that women should be negatively judged or penalized for fitting a, what happens to be a certain beauty standard. Mm -hmm. Just like it's not okay to judge women for not meeting that standard, it's not okay to go in the other direction. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I know I keep talking about pole dancing, but that's just that's because <laughs> it's what I do. So that's how. First of all, I wish I could do that. But, <laughs> Believe me, but then, I wish. But I had this is my point. You could. And one thing that I find is great about pole dancing is you will see all kinds of women, all ages, body types, races, aspects of society, like women, all kinds of women. Yeah. Any woman can do it and look really damn good doing it too. Yeah. So it's <laughs> a way, you know, so women see us, the students performing and they realize, hey, I don't have to have like this whatever ideal perfect body. like. You know, she looks kind of like I look, and she's totally rocking. You know, and and going upside down and climbing and mm -hmm, and being mm -hmm. awesome. So, I mean, I'm rambling a little, but I mean, do you ever see that as being an area in which the league could grow into potentially embracing other body types and other types of women other than just a small subset? You know, that's interesting that you said that. Um, because Atlanta, I strongly believe Atlanta is going to be that city that kind of is the turning point for the LFL. I mean, granted, they kind of want a look. That's just the bottom line. Um, however, if you remember Adrienne Curry from America's Next Top Model, this girl mm -hmm. came in and was not considered one of the most beautiful women on the show. She's very rough around the edges. Her diction and you know she wasn't very articulate, and she completely... You know, after they got to know her and she went through the whole process, you saw her in a different light. And maybe it was makeup, maybe it was just because we truly got to know the person inside of her. So I feel like with the Atlanta team and Dallas too, I feel like we're going to kind of set a new standard and raise the bar. Because for anyone who lives in Atlanta, you know that uh, a lot of the people that live here, especially women of color, they don't look like this. Right. You know, and you cannot have an LFL team in Atlanta and not have diversity on that team, you know? 
Atlanta's not going to look like LA and Phoenix and, and San Diego. And I don't want it to. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I'm in a position where I can kind of say, you know, this is what is going to work in this market. You can't have, um, and there's going to be a total of like 20 girls on the team. You can't mm-hmm. have 20 white girls on this team mm-hmm. and you're called the Atlanta Steam. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fly, mm-hmm. you know. And for most people, you know, we all know black women aren't exactly shaped like this. So there's going to be a little booty on the field. You know, it's going to be a different dynamic. And I think that's great because now we're truly showing what women look like. You know, they're not all 5'8", 130 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know. So my goal is to really break that mold and open up the LFL to a little bit different Mm -hmm. look from what they're used to. You answered my next question, which was going to be, you know, how much each team is going to big the roster reflect is. Yeah. the demographics of yeah. the particular city. It, it has to. Yeah. There's no way we can have a team in New England or Dallas or Atlanta or Miami, for mm-hmm. instance, and not have women of color mm-hmm. or women of a particular background. It's not going to work. You can't have a Miami team with, with 25 white girls. Mm-hmm. No. You know, it's yeah. that's not realistic. That's not... That's not, you're not even going to find that in Miami. <laughs> in in Atlanta, you're not going to have that. This is a large, there's a large faction of African Americans mm-hmm. and Hispanics here, you know. So, you know, we have to bring in that diversity. And if we're trying to reach a larger mm-hmm. audience, we have to do it. The audience is telling us this is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we have to rise to that occasion, you know. And that's why I'm really excited about Atlanta. I'm so happy to be a part of this because I can kind of spearhead that mm-hmm. and, and be those other eyes mm-hmm. that they may not see coming from L.A. or San Diego or Phoenix. So, so. where have you been um, marketing to get the word out to get people interested in tryouts? Oh, gosh. Talk about guerrilla marketing everywhere, but primarily online, on MySpace, your Facebooks. Um, my assistant has become the Twitter queen. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask her who's doing the, who's doing the I Twitter. I need somebody calling oh me on Twitter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we are, I mean, Twitter, Twitterotties at this point. Um, but we've really started an online campaign because that's where everyone lives these days. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm here with you doing yeah. a podcast. <laughs> you know, you have to do these things. And the crowd that is most likely to come to our events and support this team are people that are on their Blackberries, mm-hmm. that are texting, that are getting their emails every second of every day that are staying abreast of what's happening. So um, we've definitely saturated the online market and the online landscape. Um, Good old-fashioned Craigslist. Thanks to Craigslist for being free. Um, So we've been there. Uh, But primarily MySpace, uh, we've actually tapped into some modeling agencies, and I know our corporate people kind of reached out initially to those, like uh, Model Mayhem, people like that. Um, But um, we really have been very grassroots about it. And is that even, is that like redundant to say grassroots and it's internet based? <laughs> no, that's no, not. not. I mean, As know. a matter of fact, the buzzword term would be net roots. Yeah. Net, net there you yes. go. Oh, net thank roots. you. I've learned something new. <laughs> I'm going to store that store away. That away. File that. away. <laughs> Let me file that. Save. So, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, who, oh yeah, who's going to make the final call in terms of, you know, deciding who makes the team and who doesn't? Well, we have a talent director, a national talent director, and um, they'll be coming in from L.A. as well, and they'll be there um, at the event. Um, I'd imagine they have the final say because they're the powers that be, but I'd like to think that I can kind of say, you know what, Atlanta wants to see this. Atlanta Mm -hmm. wants to see this kind of girl. And I have been encouraging a lot of diverse women uh, to come out to the event. Mm -hmm. I've been targeting even personal friends of mine who I think would be great and who would bring a different um, perspective you know, to the team. So 
Um, you know, ultimately the, the corporate people do because this is their business model. Um, but they have relied heavily on my work here in this market to really um, identify, you know, people and opportunities. So hopefully I'll have some input on that. And as well as the coach too, right. who's going to be out there for the day. Okay. So you're going to have, um, I guess you'll have a different coach once the league actually gets yeah. going. We're actually uh, looking for coaches, uh, mm -hmm. and they prefer someone who may have been a former pro athlete, a former pro coach, college coach, or what have you, just someone who has been you know, very involved in it, who understands the game and the dynamics and what have you. But um, I would love to see uh, Lamar Campbell be our coach because he's just a great guy. Mm -hmm. He's really nice. As soon I don't as, know who that is. Rusty might know who that is. Do you know who I that actually is? don't either. No. Oh, okay. Well, who is that? Uh, he, he's a former pro athlete. He's okay. here in Atlanta, mm -hmm. um, and he's a businessman now. Mm -hmm. But um, as soon as we approached him and, you know, just word of mouth, talking, meeting mm -hmm. people, he got it, you know, just immediately saw it. And, um, and thought it was really cool. And he just has a great personality, and I would love to see him working with one of our teams at least. Um, but, but it's open. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity mm -hmm. there. Putting it out there, anyone that's interested to definitely contact me, and I can connect them to the right people. How many games will there be in a season? Uh, uh, there's going to be a total of uh, the 10 teams will play four games apiece. Okay. So what is that, 40 games? Is that right? Gotcha. Um, they'll play two home games and two away. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll be played once a month. So I believe Atlanta's scheduled mm -hmm. for September and October. Um, and then, of course, we have the, the bowl. Mm -hmm. That's like our Super Bowl is the lingerie bowl, and that's in February. Mm -hmm. So the games are always going to be played up until that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that the women on the team are going to be going around the country doing publicity events, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. To what extent, and I usually try not to ask loaded questions, but usually I end up doing it anyway, but <laughs> that's why this is a podcast and not like <laughs> public radio or something. But to what extent um, are we going to see the women on the team speaking for themselves versus, you know the coach or whoever's in charge just presenting an image and we don't really get to hear from the women as the individuals that they are? Awesome question. I appreciate that because as soon as probably Friday, uh, people should be able to hear uh, some of the prospective players talk about uh, who they are, what they do, what uh, brought them to this point mm -hmm. to even want to try out for something like this. Um, so that's there's going to be tons of opportunity for that. Uh, when we initially introduce the team at our party uh, next weekend, you know they'll be introduced as the new Atlantis mm -hmm. team, that whole you know pie. Uh, but again, you know with me being here in this market, they're giving me a lot of autonomy to kind of drive this team and kind of set the standard. I would love to see us, yeah, do the bar events, do the club events, and do the calendars and take pictures and all that fluffy stuff. But what I'm actually working on behind the scenes is some stuff that's going to impact the city and impact the community, where these girls will have an opportunity to show um, that they have a degree, that they're articulate, that they care about the community that they live in. Um, where they're from, things like that. I want to set up opportunities for them to go and do speaking engagements. You know, I don't know how open people will be to have them speaking to a Girl Scout troop or a Boy Scout troop or things like that, but I would love to see them do breast cancer awareness events, um, walkathons, uh, readathons, whatever the case may be. 
that's definitely in the works for them to truly go out and show their individuality and who they are aside from a girl in this uniform. That's, I just, it's something that I was, you know, I wanted to bring up because I feel like a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, I feel like, I feel like empowerment has become this buzzword Mm -hmm. that people use as a marketing thing to, you know, bill like, oh, well, this is empowering for women. And certainly this is one of the criticisms that has been leveled against pole dancing, and I think it's totally unfounded. But Mm -hmm. I think there are cases where empowerment is billed as, you know, what something is, but the reality you end up getting is it's just a packaging and you don't actually hear from the women. You hear from some guy who's steering the whole thing and he's like, hey, wouldn't it be awesome for these women to shake their asses and, you know, then they can say they're empowered because that's the buzzword. But I just, I think, you know, I think it's important to to show that you can have both that they're not mutually exclusive, it's Mm -hmm. not a dichotomy, Mm -hmm. but if women are really to be empowered, then they also have to be empowered to speak for themselves and that there's not a dichotomy that same old crap between smart, sexy, blah, blah, blah. You know what? It's really interesting that you brought this up because just from what I've experienced at this early stage, I know that there's there's going to come a time and probably sooner than later where the questions are going to come out. Why are these women doing this? Don't you think this is setting women back 150 years and blah, 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 blah. I'm expecting these questions to come up because we've had a few issues already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway... Um, you know, my whole thing is, I feel that you're, you're right. Empowerment, that word, that buzzword, tends to be overused. Um, when people don't put it into action, that's when it loses its value. And that's why, again, I want these women to, while they're, while they're beautiful, while they're, you know, camera friendly and all that, I need them to be out doing things that are going to show the full, uh, you know, full spectrum of who they are. So that that word empowerment is valid and they validate it and they're not just you know these puppets that we have on spike tv and you know the you know it's just another sex show we want them to say yeah we can be sexy we can wear lingerie guys okay are coming to see us because they like how we look but at the end of the day we also are expressing that we have lives outside of this we're people who uh, bring value to this city at the same time so that's very very important and, I mean, as a PR person, that is my responsibility to show that, that whole picture. So that's what my goal is. So how many people have interviewed you who have been kind of creepy about it? Um, probably, well, let's just go with the past week. Okay. Where to start. <laughs> Where to start, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a very um, light scenario. Um, there was a situation where we uh, wanted to do, let's say, an event in a particular part of the city, and um, they weren't having it because of the model, of, you know, what this is. And um, one of the people who kind of was at the forefront of saying, this isn't going to work, we can't have this, blah, 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 which, bear in mind, we understand. This isn't for everyone. You know, we're not trying to, you know, come in and be the, you know disrespectful whores of the city, you know what I mean? Just putting it out there. You know, we're just trying to do what we do. But anyway, this particular person, while they were telling me, you know, we can't have this in our community and, you know, children and blah, 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 no problem. 
um, by the way, um, you know, if there's anything I can help you with, you know, outside of this, you know, let me know, you know, and I kind of just chuckled. I'm like, yeah, okay, now the truth is really coming out, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine because, you know, everyone's entitled to do what they do and people have their positions and they have to be protected. I understand that. I just have a problem with us living in a Bible belt and in the South, the traditional South, where, again, just like history has shown us, appearances are the things that are keeping people from getting to what something really is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been experiencing. People are seeing something at face value, which we all do, I guess. It's just human nature. You see people, you see the surface, and you automatically assume. People see the Laundry Football League, and they automatically assume, you know, and they're trying to throw holy water on some of us. But, you know, my whole thing is, again, what we were talking about, it's all about how the image is portrayed. It's all about how we brand this, this, this beast, if you will, and people's, you know, perspectives will change. But, but yeah, I mean, for every one person that has given us, you know, friction and expressed that they're not, you know, feeling this, we've had 25 people who cannot wait to get their hands on this and to meet these women and to be a part of it and to promote it. You know, I have people that want to work with us, you know, just looking at this on the surface. So, you know, I'm definitely experiencing that. And um, again, it doesn't help that we live in, you know, the Bible Belt and people have their beliefs and their traditional thoughts and what have you, but that's okay because we're still going to break through the surface and it's going to be successful in spite of that. People, I mean, for as, as long as history... People love looking at people. Men love looking at women. You know, it's just, that's just what it is. It's human nature. There's nothing wrong with it. So as long as there are men walking this planet, as long as there are men in Atlanta, there will always be an opportunity for us to be successful doing this. My hope is that if what you say bears out that, you know, we'll get to see these women as the full people that Mm -hmm. they are, Mm -hmm. that, you know, some people think stuff like this, oh, it reinforces sexism and you know the um, stratification of men and women in society but and I think sometimes it can but my hope is that some somehow that men will be able to gain a more nuanced appreciation mm-hmm. that you know no matter how it's marketed or whatever that really they're not just there for you it's not just about you yeah. it's also about them that's something that I've experienced, even just pole dancing at the studio where I dance, mm-hmm. you know, some guy comes up and puts his arm around me and I'm like, excuse me, like, just because I was pole dancing, that doesn't mean you're, it's okay for you to come up and touch me. Like, I don't, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, women deal with that kind of entitlement every day, but yeah. I just hope that, I don't know, I just hope that things like this can, instead of just going away and reacting, that they can kind of go forward and and push the boundaries of what you know we've traditionally been used to in terms of oh this is how it plays out sexy women guys love sexy women you know and just kind of change a little bit you know what amber i think a large part of what's going to be that thing that that maybe changes the perspective and maybe 
tells these guys it's not okay just to come at them any kind of way will be how they play this game. <laughs> I really believe that. It's going to be how they go out there. If they hit hard, if they're catching passes, if they're scoring touchdowns, I mean, it really depends on how they execute. And that's why, you know, in these tryouts, uh, trying to identify the team, we don't want the girls who are just going to be ditzy and scared to touch the ball and it comes their way and they back off like this. We want women who are going to go out there and like dive to catch the ball and and Lay get dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean that that is going to be the beginning of chipping away at, at the stereotypes, at chipping away at at them appearing to be just what traditionally men have seen women as. You know, and you know regarding the pole dancing, there's so many similarities and synergies to what you do uh, for sport. Because pole dancing is no joke. Oh no, it is not a joke. I mean, it is not. It's not easy. I mean, it's like I said, something I'm hoping to do because I know it's great exercise too. Yes. But I think it really boils down to who you are as a woman. I mean, if I wanted to go out and if I wanted to be a bikini model, but I'm also talking like a dingbat, you know, then I then you know what? It's pretty much you know open. You know, there's an open market for guys to target me and to treat me a certain way. But if I go out as a bikini model and then I put on a power suit and I go into the, the courtroom and I'm a high-powered attorney, it's all about how I convey myself and how I walk as an individual, you know? And that's, it's that, that command of respect. And when you command respect, people have no choice but to give it to you because that's how you're coming across. Not as a bitch. Not as some power-hungry woman. Or but maybe just, as, you know what, because I think it's okay. I don't, I don't like maybe. bitch being leveled as... A means of silencing women and, and, you know, trying to silence, you know, women who are assertive and powerful. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's okay to be a bitch, you know? Sometimes you have to be. I know I have to be sometimes. <laughs> so I give the green light on that sometimes. Um, but again, it really boils down to who a person is, um, you know, as a woman. And um, I don't see anything wrong with women being in Playboy, women pole dancing. I mean, you... It's all about choices and doing what you have to do, but it's all about also how you walk and talk as well. And again, you're going to command respect if you carry yourself a certain way. That's what it boils down to. So that's what we're looking to bring to Atlanta. We're, we're looking to bring a fun, a lighthearted team, but also strong women. Women who have degrees, perhaps. Women who are entrepreneurs. Women who are mothers. You know, maybe some of these women are in the military, you know, reserves or whatever. You know? So that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to really uh, just change stereotypes, break the barriers, have fun, and just do what we do as women. Well, uh, to wrap up, do you want to just talk about some of the events coming up and where people can find out more online? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, well, first and foremost, our tryouts for the Atlanta STEAM are going to take place um, Saturday, the 20th of December. Um, and if you go to uh, MySpace, is where we have a lot of information posted, and it's uh, Atlanta Steam. It's MySpace backslash um, Atlanta Steam. Uh, you can also reach out to me via email jc at prpowermoves.com. Um, and the trials are going to be at Score Indoors, which is going to be interesting because this is an indoor facility, mm -hmm. AstroTurf. So hopefully, no one will get hurt running around and you know, jumping on top of each other, but it's going to be at Score Indoor Sports in Fairburn. Uh, they start at 9.30 on Saturday, and then we're having a party that same night. We're going to actually pick our team that day, and this is going to be the first 12. 
uh, and these girls are going to be the ones that represent, you know, at the party and get introduced as the new team. Um, that's at 10 Pin Alley, Saturday night, the 20th. But we're also having a second round of tryouts uh, in the springtime. And so we'll get the rest of the team at that point. And then they'll go into training. The season starts September um, of 09. And I, if I have anything to say about it, we will win the trophy our first season in Atlanta. So, <laughs> so that's the goal, bring home the trophy our first season. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, yeah. Jennifer. Thank, Thank you. you. The song you heard in this podcast was Flux by Drop Trio, available only on Magnatune.com. Thanks for listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network. Visit us at gapodcastnetwork.com. If you have a question, comment, or drunken rant, leave us a voicemail by calling 678-389-9441. Who knows, it might be featured in a podcast. You can also email us at info at gapodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>